This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamaliti. There are so many local businesses that have been closing down as well. Yeah. Um, as a result of the pandemic, as a result of price increases, mm-hmm. there are so many varying factors. Yeah. What do you think that it does to our food culture when these local mom and pop shops close down or these local businesses close down and close uh, their doors? The fiber and the heart of my account are all restaurants and businesses who have one, two locations max. They're where the trends start, you know, for everything that's being overdone or en masse. It started in probably a small kitchen. It started, you know, with someone maybe even doing street food, right? Or started at a private dinner. So they're the fabric of the entire industry. They're where a lot of um, our best and brightest get their start. That whole um, ideology about, you know, supporting local and, and protecting our smaller businesses. That, I think we have to dig a little deeper into that. Um, everybody was on board before, rightfully so, but I just don't want people to forget about that right now. That's Ryan Hinkson. He's the founder and creator of the popular Instagram account at Eat Famous, a social media platform dedicated to sharing and highlighting some of the city's restaurants and trending dishes. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about Eat Famous and everything. So what inspired you to create food content on social media first off? And then where did the idea for your brand Eat Famous come from? Okay, so I wish I could say that, you know, a couple of years ago when I started that I, I clearly saw where social media was going and that there would be opportunity for influencers and people like myself who create content around food to um, not only like grow this incredible community, but um, develop a career. Because this is actually what I do full time now. But uh, a really, really good friend of mine named Terry Diaram, really smart person, smarter than me, had a, a fantastic business idea a couple of years ago to help restaurants during slow periods and help folks save some money. Um, and he randomly stumbled upon an article that I had written for a website I used to contribute to called Trend Hunter. And he calls me. He's like, right, you write. I was like, yeah, a little bit. He's like, um, I'm, I've got this business idea and uh, I'm looking for someone to help with marketing, communication and social media. And I have a marketing diploma and the writing stuff is something I was doing. Social media, I knew absolutely zero about. But I, I still met up with him and um, I looked over his business plan and I was like, wow, this is a brilliant idea. So that involved me going to restaurants a little more frequently than I had. And it was just about that time where like, you were probably still looking at being looked at a little, a little skeptically if you were taking your food, your phone out and taking photos of your food, if we can remember that far back. Um, but I started doing it. And then, um, like I mentioned, I didn't really have any experience with social media But um, at that time, I was personally getting into Instagram. So I was like, you know what? As I kind of document these these restaurant journeys for this business that he's he's working on, um, let me just throw them up to Instagram. And Eat Famous was actually the name of the business that he was developing. Um, You know, time kind of happens as it does. He got married, had three kids almost three years in a row. So needless to say, he got very busy. Um, so we kind of lost a little bit of momentum with the idea that we initially had. But during that time, I'm still populating the account and it's starting to grow. 
And then I'm making a lot of connections in the city in terms of um, other content creators, people within the restaurant community, and it just kind of blossomed, to, blossomed into what it is now. So not by design at all. Not by design, but why was it more so important to you to continue the journey, to continue sharing? Right. Um, I think at that time it was it was just a lot about um, discovery. And, you know, because as I grew within the, the community, the food loving community in the city, you know, I was discovering new places I hadn't been to before, uh, cuisines that maybe I wasn't introduced to or fond of. I, I was getting a newfound uh, love for them. And then um, I, I worked a corporate job for a very, very long time. And it was uh, it wasn't very um good at letting me be expressive, I guess, so to speak. So this was a great crea creative outlet. So I'm, ha I'm hanging out with people who love what I love, food, and getting to be creative. And I mean, to be honest, like I was growing pretty rapidly. So that in itself was um, definitely like a motivator to keep at it. But I, I had no idea that it would be able to turn into like a career or, or have legs. Because I, I think early on, people probably thought that the platform, Instagram specifically, uh, would probably be a little bit of a fad. So, I mean, when I started Instagram, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what it was. I really thought it was just to share a couple of things with a couple of friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had no idea <laughs> what the capability of this platform would develop into. Right. How do you stay up to date with the latest food trends? I mean, I'm constantly scouring the internet. I'm reading. I'm researching constantly. Um, What's your process? So how do you stay up to date with the latest food trends? So thankfully, um, through doing this, I have an incredible network of like-minded and like-stomached, <laughs> if that's a word, individuals who were always talking about, you know, what we really like, what was great. I mean, and also I, I feel like I, I act just as most of my followers do. I, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, uh, you know, Blatio, Toronto Life, all of the publications that you know, do a great job of um, highlighting what's happening in in the city. Yeah, and it's it's tough sometimes because I'm a creature of habit. Like when I fall in love with a restaurant or a food, I fall hard and I tend to want to repeat not just that restaurant, but that like specific meal or experience. So a lot of times there's a place where I'm, I, I, I could be there a bunch of times and I've had three things because I, I love them. And I have a list in my phone that is embarrassingly long in terms of places that I just know based off reputation, I should have dined at by now. Um, folks that have reached out that have, you know, wanted to have me come in. Um, and then I feel like I'm making up for a lot because of the pandemic. It was so tough to get out and try new spots. So I feel like I'm making up for a lot of lost time. I like to play a couple of games with my guests. Yes. Is this something you'd be interested in? All day, all day. Oh, I'm so glad you said yes. Okay, let's start off with a little bit of an icebreaker okay. called this or that. So I'm going to give you two options. You choose which one best suits you. I'm ready. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes, all day. But pancakes specifically with perfect crispy edges. Yes. Oh, yes, those are fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, burgers or tacos? Oh, you're, you're coming with the heat right out of the gate. Um, <laughs> wow. Burgers. Burgers. Buy a hair. Buy a hair. Pizza or pasta? I'm so particular about stuff. If we're talking <laughs> Detroit-style pizza with crispy caramelized corners, those crunchy edges, pizza. Yeah. Pizza. 
fried chicken or grilled chicken? Um, fried chicken. That indulgent, loving, just grease-feeding, carny is, yeah, fried chicken. And preferably dark meat as well. I don't know if, I've heard you ask someone that before, and I was, I wrote, yeah, dark meat, thighs specifically. <laughs> <laughs> bacon or sausage? So, I could have, I could have stopped you. As soon as bacon came out of your mouth, it didn't matter what was coming after bacon, 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 bacon. Why is it so important to you to highlight these businesses, to share what they're doing? Um, I know we kind of tapped into that a little earlier. Like I just, I, I love the fact that you you showcase best parts of these businesses. I think that first off, I think like sharing food is one of the most generous and intimate things that someone can do for anyone, whether it's a restaurant experience or someone's in your home and you're offering them something or cooking them something. I can't remember a time growing up that if uh, there was a knock on the door or ring at the doorbell and a guest popped over, whether it was you know just a random pop-in or they were planning to come by, that my parents didn't offer them something. Food is so communal and it's such an important part of every day. So I have a special affinity for folks in the food industry. Plus, I think um, <laughs> I get asked all the time, Ryan, so when are you going to open a restaurant? And I'm like, absolutely never. It's the hardest job. Um, I didn't understand that prior to starting the account, but I definitely understand it now. Um, whether we're talking about razor thin margins, the amount of time that a new business owner has to be there, um, it takes a lot of commitment. I, I really have a special place in my heart for 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 people in this industry and also this is the industry that allowed me to um to work for myself and create a career that i absolutely love um the food industry is also filled with a lot of of new canadians a lot of immigrants uh, my parents immigrated here from barbados and i know that um food is a lot of times that first entry into the workforce for a lot of people, whether it's workforce or business ownership. And I know how brave you have to be to to move, to, to start something new. So um, yeah, food, the food industry literally just has my heart, to be honest. So that's why it's important to me to highlight. Yeah. And I think that's one of the misconceptions that people do have about the food industry and really what it takes and what it takes to run a business of that. <sighs> I want to say magnitude because there's just, there's so many moving pieces mm -hmm. to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So what are some misconceptions about being a food content creator? Um, that we just go around eating food for free, that we started our accounts to eat food for free, um, that we can be bribed into promoting certain restaurants. I think also people think that like, if you share a place a lot, that, you're being biased as opposed to just actually like really loving it. Um, and then also I think the biggest misconception is that we don't care about food. I think um, there's a couple of, you know, there's like, as in anything, there are some people that do it strictly for the content, but most of the people I know, or at least most of the folks I know who started when I started and they're still doing it or doing well are those who actually love food. I think, that a lot of people think that most are just in it for like getting the perfect shot and then who cares what happens to the food. But for me, I'm food first. 
Okay. And I know we're staying very kind and very nice, but you have to tell me, have there been like really, really bad places, bad uh, yeah. dishes yeah. that you've had? Yeah. Like, was there any one that like one that stands out? You don't have to mention the business, sure. you don't have to mention the name, but is there one that stands out? De- definitely. And it actually, this was kind of a blessing. So I don't know if you remember, I want to say maybe about five, six years ago, there was this kind of mini trend where people were doing these milkshakes and they were really like crazy, like indulgent. Yeah, so it over would be a milkshake, top, yeah. but then like a piece of cake on top and then maybe like yes. a chocolate bar stuck inside the piece of cake. So I went to a place and thankfully, <laughs> not thankfully, but I mean, so I don't have to name them. They no longer exist, but um, they were doing these incredibly beautiful versions of those shakes. So I go there and um, I take some photos and they're like some of the best photos I had ever taken. They're just bright. I know people are going to go insane, but I, I should have taken some some cues from my experience in the back because when they brought the ice cream out, it was like old and like it was frozen with like all the like ice particles on top and they were using like I don't, I can't remember what they were using instead of like cream or milk, but it just, and it didn't taste good, but these photos were incredible. And I'm sitting here with the dilemma, like, do I post this knowing that it's not very good, but it's probably the best photo I've ever taken. Um, And it'll, and that's when I was still in growth mode. I'm I'm really just focused on likes and and follows at that time, not realizing that's not the most important part of the game. Um, So I post it and Mary, I can tell you within. But that's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth of it. That's how it starts. It's because you're posting it. Right. Um, Within days, messages, comments, like I went to this place. It was terrible. These are, they suck. They're overpriced. How could you? And that was the last, the first and the only time I ever posted anything that I knew I didn't enjoy. I try to be as kind to people as possible. Um, And but, you know, there's times where I'm just like, you know, it just, it it can't go up because I wouldn't recommend it. But again, thankfully. Right, you're honest. Yeah, yeah. You're giving your honest, honest um, right. approach to this. Yes. I want you to talk about a little bit about what they see online is not what you eat every single day, right. 24 hours a day. No, I wish. Right? You're just highlighting these businesses and you're sharing yeah. your experiences and the wonderful things that these businesses are doing. Right. How would you describe this? So... Um, I, yeah, I would just, you know, anyone that's looking at, and not just mine, but anyone's social media and thinking that it is a 24 hour surveillance video is, is quite misinformed. It's like you said a couple of times, it's curated. We are deciding what, when, how to put things out. Now, I, what's something I get asked a lot because there are some very indulgent things on my account. Do you eat all of these things for real? I do eat them. I, I definitely do. I, 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 like believe far too much in not wasting food than to like just take do it for the gram i guess as people would say um but when i'm at home (laughs) it's not as exciting it's not as indulgent i'm i'm uh, like every day it's it's smoothies it's um you know health supplements it's veggies it's very very controlled portions uh we we've talked about this offline i I do intermittent fasting so you know it's um it's definitely not what you what you see and i don't think that's deceptive it's just my the account is a very specific thing it's you know those meals that even if you don't plan on having it sometimes we eat with our eyes and you just want to see something fun or, or almost too wild to imagine eating, or maybe, you know, that reward for that time when you are going to have a cheat meal. And also I think 
um, just by the nature of things, the, the, the burger with like six patties, that jumps out at you. The, the pizza slice that's the size of a blanket jumps out. But in between everything, there's a little bit of everything on my account. I'm Mary Mamaliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with food content creator Ryan Hinkson. What are some of your favorite restaurants to eat in or take out? Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I have so... Because you know so... I'm, I'm writing my own list here. I've got to go to these places. <laughs> I have so many. So I've, I've got to shout out. I've got to shout out. My absolute fave is uh, Descendant Detroit-style pizza on Queen Street East, uh, Leslieville. That is like... I mean, if you go through my account, there's there's no hiding it. My love for just <laughs> the, the product and, and the people there. Okay, um, explain Detroit-style pizza to people oh, who may right, not okay, know. Perfect. So it's a pan-style, so like a deep dish. But when I say deep dish, I just mean like a deep pan, not like a Chicago style with a bunch of toppings on a, little, a thin layer of um, of crust. It's in a square or rectangle pan. Um, and the, the incredible thing about it that I love the most is that I call it like the most valuable real estate. So like each corner, the cheese kind of like melts into the corner of these cast iron pans and gets caramelized and crunchy and crispy. And there's just like this flavor burst that um you can't replicate and uh easily my favorite my favorite 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 spot uh just recently i was at uh, my favorite taco spot which is atomic 10 um i love patois uh pie i love great thai food is a huge favorite for me and i actually just discovered um they're not new but they have a new location it's another thai spot called isander uh there's a richmond hill location and um that was some of the best food i've had in the city in a long long time and uh, i mean what type of i'm gonna go back to what type of cuisines do you enjoy eating cooking the most uh my family is from barbados proud 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 my parents are both incredible cooks, um, but my absolute favorite food, I'm going to get killed by my fellow Bajans for this, is is Jamaican food. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it just hits. It just hits so hard. I mean, I know that like the cliche answer of being from Toronto, doing what I do is like, I love everything. And I really, really do. Like, I don't, I, there's not a specific cuisine where I'm like, oh, no, I don't like that. Um, I have no, favorite I, I parts know. Of, yeah, but um, for me, like so specifically, like it's rice and peas, oxtail, a Jamaican style fried chicken, which is very, very, very specific, coleslaw, plantain, and fried dumplings. Like that's like my perfect meal. Like I'm an angel, so if you know if I'm ever framed for murder in in a state with or you know somewhere where there's a death penalty and I have to have a last meal, that could be that's it. it. That could be it. So what are you trying right now? What restaurants are you are you into right now? So it's funny because I've had the chef's food before, but he's got a restaurant now. Chef Victor, um, he had a catering company called Afrobeat Kitchen, but he's got a permanent location now in Parkdale. Um, and he is just these incredibly like vibrant, very, very flavorful um, bites from West Africa. So I'm really, really into that right now. Um, what I've really noticed actually um, and this was like definitely because of the pandemic is there's we've got like this amazing influx of like really talented 
um, home cooks and home chefs who may not have brick and mortar or, you know, may, they may not work at a restaurant, but they're doing um, really, really, really great uh, food. And I actually, I just got put onto an app not too long ago called Cooking, where, uh, you know, restaurant quality uh, chefs are have their food for um, order and delivery on this platform. So, um, you know, food coming out of like certified kitchens by folks that don't have restaurants. Um, and so I've really been into that because uh, uh, hopefully I can win back my, 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 fellow, <laughs> my fellow Bayesians from Barbados. There's like a, a spot <laughs> called Bim Kitchen on there. And like, there's not really like uh, Beijing like restaurants in Toronto that I know of. I, I know there's like a couple pop-up situations, but it was cool to see someone that's doing like stuff that feels like it's coming right out of my mom's kitchen. Um, so yeah, along with uh, always a long list of restaurants that I, I have to try. Um, I've been really into like a lot of people who have been doing like, um, like, you know, catering for one or, or, you know, small batch catering. And like I said, stuff on this cooking app. Yeah. Have you noticed that there's a lot more since post-pandemic of restaurateurs that had brick and mortar that have decided to go with the ghost kitchen style um, post-pandemic and just do takeout? But restaurant quality, have you noticed that? Have you noticed an increase in that? I, I have. I, and I wondered, because I, I mean, I understood when it was pandemic time, you know, the need for that and having a transition. I am surprised, like, how many kind of decided to make a full move or, um, you know, like keep that component component going. Um, and at first I wondered, like, was it just because we weren't quite sure if we were, you know, out of the dark yet, but it just seems to be um, a trend that kind of works in six. I'm a, I, I was so happy to see a lot of restaurants be able to survive by, you know, switching to that model. I, however, like just selfishly, I, I love, being in restaurants. Um, you know, I, I love that feeling, especially if it's a place that I frequent and, you know, I know the team there. Um, and I, I can be anywhere. It doesn't even have to be like my favorite food. I just like that experience of being out and dining with people. And I, I just, there just seems to be like an, an extra level of kind of like fun and excitement when we're out and around the table at a restaurant. I am so happy you said that because for people in my community, and I love having this conversation, sometimes it's not that easy to get out and to venture to these mm -hmm. restaurants, but we want that West restaurant. Wow. We want the <laughs> restaurant quality. Yeah. Um, and we just, we can't get out to it. Right, right. And I love on the other side, like you mentioned, you love being there, but I love the fact that that option's available yeah. now to have it delivered home mm -hmm. and you're not getting just like, and it's no hate on the franchise larger chain no, I know what you're saying. restaurants but it's just that was only the only option yeah it was Whereas now very cool to be able to have like whether was, i don't know a steak dinner or like your favorite thing from a place that you used to only be able to have a reservation and go sit there and the fact that you could kind of replicate that at home was it was it was very it was a very very special thing yeah i mean and i like the fact that like i said me part of the disability yeah. community right. i can get like if i can't get to that restaurant yeah. that night but i really want mm -hmm. that type of food yeah i can get it to my front door and no that it's yeah i think that's a very important thing and it's something that most people you're not going to think of right if you're not affected by no. that situation automatically you, you know you're thinking okay it's based on my desire 
right? But yeah, being right. able to service more people and have more people enjoy that experience is a very, very special thing. I've been recently asked this question and I just, I have to share it and I have to ask my guests now because it just, it really got me thinking. As cities change, are they losing some of their food personality? Oh. So is is everyone just out there chasing the latest trend in food? Um, not everyone, but too many, I would say. Uh, and you know, it's it's a weird thing because if I look inward, I'm like, not me only, but like, are folks like myself responsible? You know, we've created this this um, world where if something's not picture perfect or Instagram worthy um, or not, you know, pumping or if places not pumping out the latest trend, um, people don't want to see it. The algorithms aren't sending it out to the screens that, you know, are, are so feverishly looking to figure out what's what's important, what's next. Um, and so I, I think, yeah, we can, we can lose a little bit of originality. However, I think that, that is, um, that's something that happens in, in all arenas where we, we can be creative, you know, whether it's arts, music, film, television, you know, something hits, something pops and it's like, let's all do that. But, you know, thank goodness for rebels. Thank goodness for, those who you know really really care and we're always going to have those individuals that um you know are going to are going to do what they want or are you know yearn to 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 bring something new or fresh or exciting so i think we see a lot of it because of the way that we we inform ourselves about what's happening right like if the only way that most of us learn about new restaurants is through a very specific platform that's sending you messaging that they think you want to see based on, you know, a computer program, um, then yeah, we could have a, a narrow scope or not, we're not really getting the true information about what's happening out there. Um, but I mean, in a city as large as ours, as much as we do see a lot of trend hopping, um, there there are plenty of folks that are are keeping it fresh and and original, and you know doing um, what they do best. And whether that is something that is on trend or not, you know they're still going to be pumping it out. There are so many local businesses that have been closing down as well. Um, as a result of the pandemic, as a result of price increases, there are so many varying factors. What do you think that it does to our food culture when these local mom and pop shops close down or these local businesses close down and close their doors? Yeah, it, it's it's dangerous. Um, again, you know, we go back to earlier in our conversation when we talked about a lot of times um, local businesses, food business specifically, are a lot of people's first foray into business for themselves. Or even if they're not the business owners, it's a lot of people's first job. Um, you know, and they're very, very reliant on, on this source of income to not just take care of themselves, but families, right? Um, and also to as much as, you know, even for someone with my, for myself, like myself, sorry, who works with a, a lot of um, larger brands, like the fiber and the heart of my account are all restaurants and businesses who have one, two locations max, you know, um, 
they're where the and ironically enough, they're where the trends start. You know, for everything that's being overdone or on mass, it started in probably a small kitchen. It started, you know, with someone maybe even doing street food, right? Or started at a private dinner. So they're the fabric of the entire industry. They're where a lot of um, our best and brightest get their start. Those who move on to do bigger and better things often get a start at a smaller business. So we we have to protect them. And although um, the pandemic's over in terms of definition or you know reporting or whatever, we we all kind of knew that the effects um, of afterward were going to be long lasting. We're starting to really see that now. So the um, that whole um, ideology about, you know, supporting local and, and protecting our smaller businesses that I think we have to dig a little deeper into that. Um, everybody was on board before, rightfully so, but I just don't want people to forget about that right now. I ask every single guest this question, and I'm going to be asking you, what is your kitchen confession? Do you have one to share with us? My, my kitchen confession is that there are way way, way too many sauces and condiments in this drawer. Um, Like (laughs) sweet and sour sauce, mayo, ketchup, hot sauce. Like it just looks like I'm trying to build a fast food empire in like one specific drawer of my kitchen. Wait, do you keep those takeout little packets? All of it. I do. (laughs) I do. I'm probably the reason why restaurant margins are so thin because I'm taking all the napkins, all the... The plastic cutlery, <laughs> all of the all of the condiments. Yeah, it's me. It's my fault. If I use up, I think we'll be better. I think better I need break. to add another question. What's in your kitchen junk drawer? Yeah, there a lot, <laughs> a lot. So, if listeners want to reach out for more information, they want to find you. Yeah. Where can they find you? What can they do? Best place to find me is on Instagram at Eat Famous E A T F A M O U S. Also on TikTok at um, eat famous official Twitter tweet famous, but tweet is eat so T W E A T famous. Um, but yeah, Instagram is definitely the best place. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise, your insights with us today. It's been so much fun, and it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. This was incredible. I had a great time. It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchenconfession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mamalini. Thanks for listening. 